This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Hello, welcome into Pax What She Said Live. I am one of your co-hosts, Perry Goldstein. I almost said Maggie Loney because you always host. <laughs> um, I'm not Maggie Loney. I'm Perry Goldstein. I'm joined by Maggie Loney. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, the Packers are the one seed. They have locked up the one seed a week early. Um, week 18 does not count for them. It counts for everybody else. It's so fun. That must be so nice. They're like, probably at home on their couches. Like, um, Matt LeFleur does not know what a wild card weekend is. He doesn't. He has never played in one. Um, there are so, so much to talk about. I have not been drinking. Um, for those in the comments, I'm dead sober. Um, I... Enjoyed the game because it was a beatdown. It was like the beatdown that we've been waiting for all season um, came at the perfect moment, I'd say. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to cover, right, between the Vikings game, the upcoming Lions game, a bunch of records that were broken um, or could be broken in the coming week, and then, of course, the NFC playoff picture. So we're going to get to all of it. Yeah. Um, first, how are you feeling about the Packers in general? One seed? feeling post Vikings game. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of feel the same way that a lot of the team did where each week, like after the Browns game, you know, so many of the players were saying that they haven't played a complete game yet. And when they do, and then it was fair to question like, okay, well we're in week 17, almost week 16 at that point, there's getting closer and closer to you're running out of time to play a complete game. And then I thought their response to the Vikings, and yes, obviously it wasn't you know Kirk Cousins, but the way that they shut down the run game, the way special teams performed, I think this was their most complete game of the season, and it's a, it came at exactly the right time, regardless of now what happens against the Lions. This is a team that I think is riding the momentum into a really important stretch. Only undefeated team at home this season, and now two home playoff games yes. away from a Super Bowl appearance. Yes, I love that as well. I noticed that that... They are the only team that has not lost a game at home. I mean, I imagine it's very, very difficult to walk into Lambeau in general and beat the Packers, and then they have this um, going into the postseason. I agree it was a very complete game. Again, it was Sean Mannion, but you can only play who's in front of you. And like you mentioned, they still have Davin Cook. They still have Justin Jefferson. They still have that defense um, with Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, and et cetera. Um, so it wasn't like they were – playing like a bad team and to be quite honest with you like is Kirk even that great <laughs> no um so it was awesome to see 
I think my biggest takeaway was just like foot on the pedal the whole way. It didn't matter what the score was. Obviously they put Jordan Love in at the end and that was awesome for him to get some live game reps that he probably would have never had. And he's probably going to play next week as well. Um, So great for him. But while Aaron Rodgers was in through to the fourth quarter, um, it was all gas making it 37, 10, even when it, it didn't really need to, they didn't really need that last touchdown. Um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers for a bit because he's the clear MVP favorite. Uh, I think it's not really a question. I can see how Tom Brady or maybe Joe Burrow at this point are getting into the mix, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor. But um, if you look at betting markets, which all of a sudden this is what we talk about, um, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is the clear far and away favorite. This would be his fourth MB- MVP of his career, um, back-to-back MVPs for a guy that – kind of had a slower start to the season but since the bye week basically since he came back from COVID I would say um he's been lights out yeah and I mean I think one of the elements of his game has always been protecting the football and it's something that the Packers have done so well this season going into you know the game against the Vikings they were number one in the league in turnover differential forcing a ton of turnovers and protecting the football on offense but you know just two interceptions week one, you're like, okay, this is very uncharacteristic. Two interceptions since and 35 touchdowns is just, it's unprecedented. And I think he has what, 36 touchdowns against the rest of the NFC North in his last two seasons and zero picks. Like those numbers just speak for themselves, especially if you look at, you know, kind of the way that things were trending in 2018 when McCarthy got fired and even the first season with Matt LaFleur, like there were some growing pains in that offense and learning that scheme. So for him to pick it up and for LaFleur to have kind of tailored the offense to something that just really fits his skill set has been so impressive. So impressive. And he's gotten better over the course of the season, right? Like his deep ball was not really hitting the first half of the season that well. He's hitting those shots now easily. Um, obviously, I think he missed one to MVS this weekend, but he's not going to be a hundred percent. And even with the toe injury, whatever the toe injury <laughs> may be, if you watch Manning Cast on Monday night, um, you know there was some some joking there about it. But I think all in all, he's playing like well within scheme with Matt Lafleur. He's getting the ball up fast. He just looks really really sharp. And yeah, he's the most accurate thrower of the football I think ever. Um, it's, it's hard to find anybody who takes care of the ball as much as he is. And even when he was having those down years, like you mentioned, I mean, there was a lot of throwaways and now you're seeing that no throwaways, just completions for, for old Aaron Rodgers. Um, really, really fun to watch him play at such a high level, even at 38, especially with that dip. So kudos to Matt Fleur because it's definitely scheme oriented. Yeah, and I mean, I think you can see too, especially, you know, at home, Sunday night football against the Vikings, like they dialed it up. We saw a lot more pony. We And the thing I like about the way that kind of the offense is trending as well is even, I mean, Devontae had a stellar night, even with, you know, defenses kind of scheming around him. But there's always somebody that steps up. Alan Lazard the last couple of weeks has looked really good. And if they get just an iota of production from some of these other guys, knowing who Devontae is, knowing who they have in Aaron Jones yeah. and A.J. Dillon. Like those role players, um, a couple weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers was talking about the idea of role players having like this negative connotation because you think that means that you can only do one thing. But everybody on the Packers roster does their one thing so well that it really does kind of become something that you you take ownership of and it's not like, Oh, I'm, you know, relegated to this one role. It's like, no, Alan Lazard is at the goon. Like he, he wears it and then he gets those opportunities. So 
it's just been really impressive to see, you know, each phase of the game stepping up, especially, I guess, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this offense is so fun and you got a connection that Aaron Rodgers has with Javante Adams. That's unlike any we've literally ever seen Um, now statistically that's accurate. It's not even like a figment of Packers fans, like speech. (laughs) It's, it's statistically true. Um, And I find it, it's just going to be very, very hard for teams to cover Javante. I, I'm, I'm waiting now for the rest of this NFC picture to to fall into place. I know you and I are going to dive in this a little bit more and later on in the show, but um, I mean, if it ends up being teams that the Packers have already played, um, I think that works to their advantage. Now we talked about this. Um, I think it was. God, we talk a lot. So it was recently, <laughs> but it was about the way that the Ravens covered Devontae. And I'm definitely curious to see if some of that gets taken into the playoffs. Not that I think that he can't beat double teams because we watch him beat double, even triple teams sometimes. But again, like you mentioned, you get all those other players, whether it's an Al Lazard type game or an MVS game or both running backs who looked stellar against the Vikings. Um I think that they this offense can can score points regardless. I do want to touch on the running backs because again, I think the night was highlighted by some really, really incredible Rodgers to Devontae Adams throws and catches, as always. But I think the run game was really like on display um, with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon having really nice nights. And you mentioned it, we get that pony package, which you and I love, <laughs> and I think adds like a ton of wrinkles into this, into this team. And we talked about, actually, we had, if you didn't listen to our episode this past week, um, we had Eric Eager on from PFF, which was really, really fun and interesting. Um, especially cause I think we, we see the game on, on two sides of the same coin a little bit. And we talked about running backs and if the run game isn't necessarily working that well, and there's definitely been weeks for the Packers where the O-line is not run blocking well enough or, you know, the defense is just sniffing out the run. Like, how do you get those playmakers involved? Because A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are huge weapons for this Packers offense. And then you see it this week, right, where you get just get them both on the field and create mismatches using both of them on the field. Yeah, and I mean, both backs obviously eclipsing now 1,000 yards all-purpose on the season, which was a lot of fun. You know, A.J. Dillon talked about it as being something that they kind of alluded to in preseason, like they did the math. I think they ended up needing like 57 yards a a game each or something to hit that 1,000-yard mark. And, you know, for both of them to do that has been really impressive. It hasn't happened, obviously, for the Packers since 1980. Uh, I think this is only the fourth tandem to do that. And, you know, you saw A.J. Dillon talked about it in his presser when he was in his Carhartts and nothing else, that, you know, this is the Lambeau atmosphere. And I think there's kind of a mentality that goes into the running game in the cold winter months. And you kind of get the sense that the way that the Packers played and the energy and the stadium last season for the NFC, you know, Unfortunately, the NFC Championship game was was not at capacity. So I think there's like this added juice now knowing that they're going to get to play in front of 77,000 fans instead of, you know, the 10,000 or however yeah. many that were there. Cheers to the new year and to making resolutions you actually keep. Have you added self-care to your routine? Our sponsors at Manscaped have the perfect tools to help keep you and your significant other clean and tidy this year. Manscaped tools for his jewels are so good you'll want them for yourself. The Lawnmower 4.0 is all you'll need for his balls and your bikini line. 
set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use code PWSS20 for 20% off and free shipping. I'm ready for a new year, new me, with the best in below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your routine to the next level with the Performance Package 4.0 and brand-new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed with skin-safe technology to reduce cuts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000 LED spotlight that will shine a light on your diamonds. His 2022 grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of his body and are a big boost to his confidence in the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep your goodies stored comfortably. Whether your resolution is to work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with the code PWSS20. Cheers to self-care in 2022. At 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. New year, no pubes, 2022 with Manscaped. And I think the the home field advantage is not necessarily um, a factor for a lot of different teams, but it certainly is a factor at Lambeau. I feel like I can say that now that I've actually been to a game <laughs> there. I mean, it it's real, right? And and yes, some I'm sure for the playoffs there are going to be some teams their fans travel well, but at the end of the day, like that is going to be all Packers fans. And they actually talked about it on the broadcast, which I thought was really interesting. It's maybe the second or third time I've actually heard the broadcasters talk about the way Matt LaFleur interacts with the crowd during the Mm -hmm. game. And you see him every week. I mean, obviously everyone in this chat and watching this video right now, watch every single game. So we see right that LaFleur is hyping everybody up on third down when the Packers are on defense. He's like trying to quiet down um, the team when they're on offense and it's changed the atmosphere at Lambeau. I mean, you hear, hear tons of stories about like the crowd not being that involved or people not standing up. And I think like, again, you want to look at LaFleur for his play calling and his leadership style and all the things he's changed in the locker room. Like let's look at like what he's done on game day for this team and getting the crowd to be, um, you know, a positive factor for, for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, even the last couple seasons with like the jumbotrons and the kind of video messaging, I think it started probably in 2019 is the last time I can really remember it, which was, of course, Matt LaFleur's first season. But, you know, having Z and Preston and even like Eric Stokes was in some with the rookies um, talking about like when you should be quiet or hyping people up. Um, When we were at the game, you know, the Christmas game, my sister-in-law is like, I don't know, like five feet. She's pretty, pretty tiny. And she looked at the guys behind her who were Packer fans and was like, sorry guys, just so you know, I'm probably going to have to stand most of the game. And they were like, you know what? You stand as much as you want. And it was just (laughs) such like a contrast from what we're used to seeing. And she really did end up standing the entire game. And we all did. And it was just, it was, it made it worth it. I don't think we sat down for a second at the Lions game. And I know at the divisional game, we are not going to be sitting down especially because it's probably gonna be freezing and have to like jump you're not gonna want to sit on the anyway. (laughs) um so let's talk a little bit more about this vikings game before we we switch over i haven't done my rewatch i'm gonna admit that right now um but i'm not sure really what how much there is to rewatch just because it was such a beat down so before we flip to defense, like give me your like biggest takeaways from this Packers offense. Yeah, I think um, 
I did do my rewatch today. And I think the biggest thing was really just that, you know, it was a really dominant performance on both sides of the ball. It was frustrating, of course, in the beginning for the Packers to get into the red zone so many times and only have three points to show for it. I think finishing drives, especially in the playoffs, is going to really matter there. Um, But special teams looked really good. You know, it was nice to see Mason get as many opportunities as he did to kick field goals and extra points and have like a really clean game, even with some of the botched holds early. Um, But yeah, I think for the offense, it's really just finishing drives because, you know, even having those opportunities that they missed, they put up 37 points. You know, if they had any, even if they kicked a field goal, that's a 40 burger. You're looking at maybe 40, 45 points that this offense is able to put up against, you know, the Vikings run defense has not been great this season, but as a whole, they have some really good players, and I think it was is another good thing for them to trend in the right direction. Yep, I agree. I think you just fixed some of those red zone woes, and they're virtually unstoppable, um, especially because against better teams in the playoffs, like you're going to want as many points, points as possible. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely curious. This is something I guess I'll be watching for as we move forward, like Matt LaFleur's aggressiveness, because he's been fairly aggressive on fourth down. Um And again, you want those points, but his decision-making on whether to kick field goals, like you said, or go for it on fourth down when they're in the red zone, I think is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, Do you have a a response to that? No, but I mean, one Big B's in the chat. So, hey, Big B, we hope you're feeling better. Um, And then on the flip side of that, though, I was just going to mention that, you know, on the defensive side, it was as for as dominant as the offensive was, I think the defense just balled out and I know obviously it's it's Sean Mannion and it's not Kirk Cousins but the way that Justin Jefferson torched this team the first time they met at U.S. Bank it it showed a lot you know Eric Stokes had a really good game um I thought Shannon Sullivan played a really good game Rashawn Gary and Preston both over nine sacks on the season kind of competing to see if they can both get to double digits next week um but I think after that that first field goal the Vikings didn't even get a first down until late in the third quarter. So, you know, it was just a really, really stout performance for that defense. I feel very similarly. And again, it doesn't really matter who's under center. Like the Packers have had um, a shaky, I guess, couple of weeks. And I say that with the questioning tone of voice, just because they still held Baker to 22 points, you know, and they picked him off four times, but those games were closer than you would have liked. And I think this type of, like you said, very shut down defensive performance is exactly the kind of momentum you want heading into the playoffs. Like you want that, um, just that big beat down type of game. I think I've been thinking about this, like so much from like a mentality perspective, right? Especially for another team to walk into Lambeau field, against this team that's on fire, against the MVP, against the number one receiver in the league. Um, The one question going into this week was, where does this defense fall? Like, they've been pretty middle of the road statistically all season, but, like, can they really shut down other opposing teams? And, like, this week we saw, again, yes, they are fully, fully capable of doing that. Um, And it'll be against, we've said it a thousand times, better quarterbacks, but, you know, you get – Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes for making tackles everywhere. Um, that middle of the field is fully, fully covered in a way that I don't think we've seen in years. Um, Eric Stokes pretty much locked up Justin Jefferson, right? And yeah, you get Preston and Rashawn, who are now both potentially going to hit double-digit sacks. They're just, they're covered like 
every phase of the defense, like all three, um, all three areas. And with the idea that I think at this point in my mind, the only player that I feel like the Packers are going to get back on defense is going to be Jair. And that just makes them even, even better, especially you get King a little bit in that like dime role Mm -hmm. you saw with Barry. I thought he played well there. I thought he played really well there too. Um, and then, you know, you can rotate Jair in because you do have Rasul Douglas and Shannon Sullivan and Eric Stokes who have been playing quite well. I think the Packers can go into this playoffs with the three of them and be fine. And then you get, you add in, you know, you're all pro corner and it just makes them even, even stronger. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important to like, you know, I know they, they gave up ample yardage on the ground to Nick Chubb. I think he had 124 yards rushing. Um, And then the Browns in general, like in total had like 219 yards. So to have the performance that they did against Delvin Cook, and yes, you know, you can argue that, you know, Sean Mannion might lean heavily on the run game because he hadn't thrown an NFL touchdown prior to that. But his longest attempt of the night was six yards. He had 13 yards rushing. And when you think about, you know, I wish I had the person that posted the stat in front of me. I, f- I feel bad, but the Packers are like the only team in the NFL that has 82 missed tackles. Every other team in the NFL has over 100 missed tackles on the season. Wow. So for the Packers to be that sure at tackling is, is something that we've complained about for so long, it feels like. And this defense is just, you know, they rally to the ball. They're making tackles. Even like the Kevin King stop with uh, Conklin when he just kind of forced him out of bounds without giving up the first down. These are all such impressive things that it feels like we haven't seen. And going up against like, you know, whether it's the Cowboys offense where you've got three number one wide receivers and Zeke and Pollard in the backfield, or you're looking at, you know, the Cardinals coming in with Edmonds and Connor, like you, you feel more confident about this Packers defense after the performance they had against the Vikings than we probably did against the Ravens or the Browns. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, back to fundamentals, which I think is that all goes back to coaching is, you know, Joe Barry obviously came in and has like hammered that home. It's funny that you say about Kevin King, because one thing that my dad always, always said to me when we were growing up watching football was sidelines, another defender, right? Like you, you push him out of bounds mm-hmm. it's done. So use the sidelines to your advantage. Um, I, I have to say I appreciate a little bit like the some of the adjustments Joe Barry has made. And again, like they played their brand of defense, right? Like you didn't see them like stack the box when Sean Manning was obviously going to quarterback sneak on fourth and one um, or fourth and two, whatever it was. But there were definitely adjustments, like you said, like Kevin King played really nice in that dime role. And I don't think we've seen him really rotate in that much like that. Um, he was rushing a lot more. I... I think it would be really fun to see Zadarius back in this defense just because, oh, God, you could just, like, rush five, like, every <laughs> every drop back. But um, I, I appreciate the, the adjustments from Joe because that makes me, again, as a fan sitting on my couch watching, waiting to see what they do in the playoffs, feel a little bit more confident that he can make, like, very specific pregame and midgame adjustments in the playoffs depending on what opposing offenses are showing him. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, we've talked about and you specifically, you know, have mentioned this quite a bit is that, you know, this defense is very good at being opportunistic, but you cannot rely on turnovers. And yes, they had four turnovers against the Browns, but then you go into the Vikings game and they don't get, they don't get a turnover and they still had that kind of dominant performance. So you, it's nice to know. And this is when you need to know that your defense can win, whether, you know, you are forcing turnovers or whether you're just relying purely on, the guys that you have on the field. And I think that was, you know, I, I just really, 
it, it was the most complete game of the season by a wide margin, I think. You read my mind. I was going <laughs> to say that. The Packers won without a turnover, winning the turnover battle. Obviously, they didn't turn the ball over either. But again, I feel like you and I have been saying this for so all season. It's like it's like the it's the Trevon Diggs, you know, like debate, right? Like, is he really that good or does he is he just like an opportunistic turnover machine? Right. And I think like, yes, it's amazing. And I hope the Packers have five interceptions a game, but you have to be able to beat teams without without relying on that. Um, so yes, I completely, completely agree. Okay. Really wonderful, complete game. Do we talk about David Moore on special teams? Is that even <laughs> worth it? It was good. Good job. We found a punt returner finally. I thought EQ did pretty nicely when he got put in there as well. Um, yeah. Just- I mean, it's fun to see positive yardage out of special teams, you know, going into the playoffs. That'll matter. I loved that uh, Aaron, you know, in his post-game presser said that he met him on the sideline. Like he was like, hey, oh, you're David. And then he went out there and, you know, had the biggest return of the season. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, special teams is fixing the things that we were really concerned about in the beginning of the season. So it really just, I I don't think that you can look at any phase of this team right now and say that they're trending in the wrong direction, especially when you think about Randall Cobb coming back, maybe not against the Lions, but for the playoffs. Sounds like David is practicing this week, Bakhtiari. Yeah, I mean, there's Rodgers was incredibly optimistic post game that they could get just about everybody back. And, you know, we don't know what that necessarily means for Zadarius and Josh Myers. Matt LaFleur wouldn't give updates on that, but Jair, Bakhtiari, Randall Cobb, sounds like those three you can pretty much lock in as being back at some point. And I think the best part of that is that I think this team can make it all the way without any of those guys coming back. Yeah, we've Um, seen them do it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of looking ahead a little bit, um, and feeling like complete game momentum, everything is like trending in the right direction. There is another regular season game, (laughs) right? This is now an 18 week season, which is, we can have that debate whether it's, you know, good or not one by doesn't matter. Packers have two, um, (laughs) The Packers have been asked about, Matt LaFleur has been asked about sitting versus starting. And I do think it's a really interesting discussion. And you and I actually feel very similarly, surprise, surprise, about (laughs) starting versus sitting. Um, Curious what everyone in the chat thinks about this. You and I feel similarly in that rust is never good. Um, I think some live reps are really important. There's, you just don't get enough in practice so I'm of the camp, like, play your starters the first quarter. Maybe you do the preseason thing where they play, like, two series. Like, whatever it is, um, I think, like, at least two drives are necessary. Um, I wouldn't even mind if they played a full half. Um, and then second half, right, you, you give Jordan Love that time and those reps and, and everybody else. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think, and Matt LaFleur kind of said it too. Like he said, if there's a guy that doesn't want to play, we're not going to play him. Like we're not going to make anybody go out there. Um, but, you know, after the game, Roger said this was the first time he didn't need a shot post or pregame, you know, for his toe, his toe is feeling better. Devante said he wants to go out there for a little bit. And I think, you know, I know that there was like a narrative that the Packers weren't good coming out of bye weeks because they had lost in the regular season after buys. But they had bye weeks the first two, you know, times they'd been in the playoffs and they won both of those divisional games. So I don't think that we can really call it 
you know, some type of like boogeyman for them. But I do think that there is a rust element there where you do want to give them an opportunity, especially, you know, if you, like if David can come back or Jair, you can get guys back and give them a couple reps, even like let David come out there for a series or two against, you know, I guess a a well-controlled game would be a way to put it where it doesn't necessarily have any outcome. Mm -hmm. I don't see the harm in that really. I agree with you completely. And I think that there's something to be said for clearly like the floor and the staff are listening to the players and hearing what the players have to say about their own bodies and what they would prefer to do. Um, It's a long time. It's a long time to be off until a divisional round game. You don't want to be, you don't want to be cold. I do. I will say that Matt LaFleur's tenure in Green Bay, I think he's done a really nice job of like balancing rest versus reps. And so I trust that whatever they decide to do will probably be, be the right one. I do have a question for you about this just because, I mean, I'm curious. So we know this game means absolutely nothing. The Packers have locked up the number one seed, um, whether or not the starters play. Let's say the starters play for a half and they just look awful. Do you have any concern if the Packers come out just really flat in the last game of the season, knowing it means nothing? It's a really interesting question. Like what if that's the product you put on the field then before the playoffs, instead of just resting, riding your high from the Vikings, you're like, Oh shoot. Like we come out and just stall and there's missed tackles everywhere. And it's like, is there any concern then that you're regressing from the, the really good stuff you put on tape against the Vikings? Or do you think it's like, well, they knew it didn't mean anything anyway. I haven't even thought about that. Cause I'm not even worried that that's, <laughs> because I mean, I just, um, I mean, I think then you keep them out there. And then you say, you no, you go work for it. Yeah, Dan, work Dan for Campbell. it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and doesn't mean winning necessarily, but I, I see what you mean, like just not playing their best ball. I, I don't know. I mean, Matt LaFleur said this week, like we're preparing, like this is a normal week and we're not changing yeah. the mindset. We're not changing um, any of the preparation, any of the practice. So hopefully that's not the case. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I love the comments talking about how it's the Lions, so it won't happen. Hey, those Lions beat the Cardinals. They did us all a favor, guys. Play hard, Um, but no, I mean, I think that you know you have to approach it like it's any given Sunday, just because you you don't want to ride too high and you don't want to kind of fall back on your laurels and think like, well, this we know what got us here. We're we're all set. So I think you do you know. I don't think that's going to happen. I was just genuinely curious, you know, like if there would be any like, oh, that wasn't what we wanted or. Maybe we shouldn't have played the starters. So are we looking for anything from the Packers in this Lions game? Uh, I guess Without looking. Not coming out flat, <laughs> apparently. Um, to me, it's uh, seeing what Rodgers does to lock up the MVP. You know, some heroics, some theatrics from 12. Devontae breaking some records. Um, right. The He's receiving 22 yards. 22 yards, right? 22 yards, Yeah. 1519 is Jordy's. And then, yeah, I mean, I know there's some guys that have some incentives regarding like, you know, whether it's snap percentage played or there's some Preston can make some money this week if he gets another couple sacks. So I'm sure those guys will maybe want to be out there for those reasons. But I think honestly, I'm just excited to see Jordan love again, because I thought against the chiefs when he was getting pressure in his face, every single down, we just didn't really get a very good uh, holistic view of what he could maybe be someday. I agree with you. Real quick before I answer that, to those asking in the chat, yes, you can send super chats. We um, encourage them. Um, <laughs> I am very excited to see Jordan Love in a different environment. I actually thought he looked way better and way more comfortable um, 
against the Vikings at the end of that game had some just the more he is able to be out there, the better it is for him. Um, and we said, right, didn't we say preseason, like the goal is lock up the one seed, make the last week not count and have Jordan Love go out and play. And that's exactly what the Packers have done. I mean, they put themselves in like the most, this front office must be so pleased with themselves because this is the position that they want to be in. Um, and definitely, I mean, obviously a much um, more even opponent. I do think it's very, it would be very fun if it's Tim Boyle versus Jordan Love. Love it. Um, both of Aaron Rodgers backups playing against each other. That's, that's a little heartwarming. Um, because I'm sure that they were, they were buds last season. So, yeah, I mean, I think too, like, you know, if you're talking about getting a really, like, I guess your best view of Jordan love so far, maybe you could argue that it was the chiefs game because he got the starter reps, you know, to be able to prepare for that. But think about the games he's come in for. It was the saints when they were getting blown out and he's, you know, they're down like 38 to three. And he's like, well, I don't want to go out there. Like, and he's got to take those reps. And then against the Vikings, the game was already kind of put away. So you don't really, you know, at that point want to let him go, you know, take deep shots because you're just kind of trying to run the clock out. So it'll be nice to see him get like a full half where it's obviously low stakes and just let him go run the offense. I agree with you. Um, Someone commented, congratulations on winning Maggie's fantasy championship, Perry. Thank you so much. (laughs) I did win my very first fantasy championship this season. Um, Sean Rose. Yes. Taking back. What is ours? Love it. Okay. We've got some time now and I know we kind of want to dive into some, what this NFC is shaping up to be. So all we know at the moment, right. Is that the Packers have the one seed. So it looks like Tampa Bay Cowboys Cardinals and Rams have all at least clinched a playoff spot. And then there's two more up for grabs right now, which I believe is the Eagles and Niners and Saints. Niners and Saints are fighting for it. Yeah. Um, Jeff Ness, thank you. If love lights it up, it could affect what happens in the offseason. Maybe. But we're going to get to that in the offseason because right now we are playoff focused. (laughs) Um, But you are not wrong. More tape is better for everybody. Um, So... Eagles, Saints, Niners are the questions. Really interesting, like, string of games um, this weekend. You know, we will do our our game picks later on. Um, how are you feeling? Like, okay, ideal scenario, I guess, then. Like, what's the ideal scenario for the Packers? I don't know. I, I was... I'm normally am like big on revenge tours and then those haven't really worked out very well the last couple of years. So I don't necessarily think that I want one of those this year. I think I tweeted like as a dumb joke after the week one loss, I think one, I said, you can't go 14 and three without losing three games. So there you go. Saints, there was one of them. But then the other one I said was like, Oh, wouldn't it be so funny now if the saints come to Lambeau field for the NFC championship game? And I mean, I would be significantly less worried about this saints team. Um, you know, now that they might not even make the playoffs, but I think the wild card, you know, nobody wants to play the Eagles right now. They're a really fun kind of team. The 49ers are coming into their own, even though Jimmy G I think needs, needs some surgery on the thumb. It might be Trey Lance, but the Packers have, you know, faced off against, you know, the Bucks are a common opponent for them at this point, even though they didn't play this season, they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Rams. It's not really a lot of like 
unseen opponents really here. I think right. the Cowboys would probably be the trickiest for them at this point. Yeah, the 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 Cowboys are hot and cold to me. Um, and I think coming into Lambeau might be a challenge for them. Um, Todd in the chat just said, as it stands right now, the Packers first game is going to be versus either Dallas or Arizona. Um, or if San Francisco, Philly or New Orleans, whoever that is, gets into wild card round and wins, they obviously come up to Green Bay. So I think that the ideal scenario is to have, you know, the six or seven seed win, take out some bigger opponent, come up to Lambeau. That feels unlikely. <laughs> so it will likely be right. Dallas or Arizona. Um, I think Dallas is the tougher opponent at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I believe it was friend of the show, Mina Kimes that was talking about, you know, how some of these, these teams match up and the Dallas front is, I think where a lot of these struggles are the secondary, you know, I think Devonte and Rogers can pick apart just about anybody at this point. But if you're looking at like really aggressive front four, that's like the bread and butter of this Cowboys defense. And, you know, yes, you could have David Bakhtiari back and the offensive line has played well, having a lot of sack in the last couple of weeks. But still, I mean, if you're talking about the best way to rattle Aaron Rodgers is to generate a ton of pressure, I think the Cowboys really at this point are doing that better than anybody. It was a recipe for the Bucks all last season. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I do, I, I would say that the, the Packers offensive line has been holding up pretty well against pressure. But again, you look at this and you just say having David Bakhtiari back is really the answer to a lot of things. Not to say Yash has not played well. He has played very well. Um, but I agree with you. I think the, to me, I think it's the Cowboys offense that poses the biggest threat than anything. They, they of course just lost Michael Gallup, which is a huge blow as their third wide receiver, but they still have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, I don't think Zeke is the same player that he was, but Tony Pollard certainly can turn on the Jets. Like they've got it. They've got it all. And they have a good tight end and Schultz too. They Every do. position is loaded. Every position's covered. Um, and Dak is an incredible quarterback. So that would be to me, I think, the biggest challenge. Um, I agree with you. I think Rodgers and Adams can face off against, like they make plays against anybody. Um, but that'd be interesting. Um, I think a common opponent would be the best case scenario, either Arizona or the Rams, not just because the Packers beat both of them this season, but because again, there's just, they played already. There's more tape. There's a better understanding. And, um, well, the Arizona would, would now be the home field advantage. With Tayback, which would be a lot of fun too, you know, since he didn't get those uh, those opportunities that first time on Thursday night. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm I know we're not really talking about the AFC at this point, but I love when there's a new teams in the playoffs, and I know everybody says that about the Packers. If you're not a Packer fan, like nobody wants to see the Packers in the playoffs every season, but the fact that you're looking at so many AFC teams too that have either never been or never won a Super Bowl, it's going to be pretty easy to root for. Whoever I think clinches the AFC. Yeah, you've got Bengals, Chargers, Titans. Well, Chargers, if they get in at this point, they're kind of sitting um, with the potential. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's a really fun batch to be able to root for on that that conference. It is. Okay, so we're getting updates from everyone in the chat. So nice of you. Thank you for Googling this while we are live. <laughs> um, the, Niner, the Eagles have, according to ESPN, the Eagles have clinched a spot. Thank you, Evan. 
Um, Jeff says the 49ers are in with a win. So the Saints are on the outside looking in. So if the Niners lose and the Saints win, Saints are in. If Niners win, they are in. Um, so that is, honestly, if the Saints get in after the season that they've had, like, wow, good for Sean Payton. Don't the Niners play the Rams this week? Haven't they beat them like the last five times they've played or something weird like that? Um, let's look. I think you're correct. I, I just know it's, it's yeah. you know, it's a tough Tough matchup for the Niners. Niners at Rams this weekend. Especially because the Rams are still technically fighting for a home game, right? Their division's still kind of up for grabs. Nobody clinched it yet. Nobody clinched the division yet. It'll be a good game. Yeah, it will be a good game. Matt Mamba in the chat. Have we overlooked the possibility that Matt LaFleur's handsomeness is serving as a distraction for opposing teams? <laughs> I have not overlooked that potential fact, no. Yeah. But say you, Maggie. <laughs> I Sorry, mean. <laughs> <laughs> or AJ's thighs. Yes. Um, oh, Ted65, thank you for the super chat. Enjoy the show. Well, I appreciate that. Also, the Eagles have clinched a playoff spot because of that Packers win. Yeah, the Eagles and Vikings were, I think, vying for one. And then when the Eagles won and the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then the Vikings couldn't make it anymore. So sad. Oops. <laughs> well, I think the Packers have put themselves in a really nice position. This, I, I don't want to, I'm not going into this playoffs as cocky as I was last season. I mean, the Packers were best offense in the league, but I do feel like this team is better positioned to win these games. And I say that because they have started majority of games down and the defense can actually now overcome a deficit, which is something they couldn't do before. They don't spiral when they get down even two scores, which is, again, something that they've been able to overcome. The adversity that they faced, playing without key starters all season, it just feels like a, a more formative team that's ready to take on the challenge of the playoffs. Um, also, this is maybe superstitious of me. I'm not a superstitious person, but... Just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. But <laughs> the world like tends to work in threes. And you see a lot of times teams in their third year with coaches, in their third year with new quarterbacks, finally like get past that. It just feels like that's the, the time frame. So we're here in the third year of Matt LaFleur. Second NFC championship game. Third NFC championship game, sorry. Second at home. Second at home, third in total. Just feels like the year to to get over that hump. There's like nothing behind that. Like I have no actual stats or facts. I could probably go and search for them, like that threes, but something about the third time. Third time's a charm. Well, and I think too, like if you look at just the growth of the team, we kind of touched on it a little bit already, but you know, in 2019, they were just blown out by the Niners in the regular season. And then you're like, Oh really? Like, now they have to go back there and just make it close. And then they get run all over. And then in 2020, we're talking about a team that, you know, has the best offense in football, but you don't trust the defense. They go down to Tampa and they just get blown out in the regular season. And you're like, Oh shoot. And then they come to, and you're like, no, it's okay. It's at home, but it just doesn't pan out outside of the Saints game, which I think everybody can agree at this point, was kind of a weird anomaly to start the season. The Packers have won the games that 
I think we could have expected them to lose. They beat the Cardinals really under, like on a short week. They beat the Rams. Yes, they dropped to the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers didn't play in that game. They dropped a close one to the Vikings, but the Bengals, who they could literally see in a Super Bowl, they beat in overtime. So a lot of those games where you were like holding your breath, thinking that this was going to be kind of the game for the Packers, they've overcome so much of that. Yeah. And you know, I think it just, it feels like this is a team with the adversity, with the next man up mentality that can get over the hump on like we've seen, you know, from the other two iterations of this Packers team. It's a calm, cool and collected like vibe of this team. They're like very quietly confident, just go into every week with that, like very quiet dominance. Um, And I just can't envision, we said it last season, but I feel it even more this season. I can't envision a team that's going to let this second chance slip through their fingers. Um, I just, I can't envision it, but I will say, I think like the difference this year has been the defense. The defense is a lot more stout, trustworthy. Um, They're stopping. I mean, they shut out Russell Wilson. Like they, they, they've stepped up this season in a way that I think they're going to be able to beat teams in the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, not that the offense is a concern when you're talking about the way that they're putting up 30-plus points outside of the Browns game in, like, five of their last six games or whatever the numbers end up being. But when you had the number one offense in football last season, you know, the defense was like the, oh, you know, are we sure what what could happen? And, yeah, I mean, this this just feels like the most complete team. And it's like you said, you know, you, you haven't had Jair for most of the season. You had Z for some of the Saints game. You haven't had David. Getting Randall Cobb back would be huge. It's just... You know, we said it early in the show. It's a team that you don't want to get your hopes up really too far yet because we've seen what happens in the letdown stings quite a bit. But it is a team that it's hard to find their weakness at this point. And I think that's exciting, especially because you could argue that one of the weaknesses the last two seasons was the inexperience of the head coach. And now you're talking about the winningest head coach through three seasons in NFL history likely coach of the year or should be in the conversation if he's not, you know, the candidate. And I think all of those experiences, as much as they, they do great things for the Packers roster, they also do great things for the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, Brandy asked a really interesting question and she said, do you think Barry is holding out on plays for the playoffs? For example, safety, cornerback blitzes, et cetera. Well, I would, you know how much I love TV <laughs> blitz. Um, that's a very good question. I definitely think that there is something to both Lafleur probably and Barry um, having some things up their sleeves for the playoffs. But I think the way that this team is playing is is the team that we're going to see. Um, there's always, you know, how Matt Lafleur rolls with the wrinkles off of looks that he's already given to kind of trick opposing defenses. I'm sure there are some things, but I would say expect to see, you know. Your base nickel defense from Barry, um, Kenny, Lowry, Preston, Rashawn. I, I'm I'm not sure that there's gonna be a ton that looks different, um, but maybe a handful of fun blitzes in there. Don't forget about Jesus in the post, too. Jesus in the post. <laughs> sure. Um, if you don't understand that reference, it's a Rasul Douglas quote from his most recent press conference about the way that he uh, um, jumps routes and that if nobody's back there to cover him, like Amos or Savage, he hopes Jesus is in the post to cover him. Um, very funny. That's your new favorite quote. It absolutely is. I loved it so much. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, before we wrap, I do think that like Adrian Amos said it post game, you know, these are guys, Devonte, Kenny Clark, a couple names that, you know, come to mind right away are guys that have been to the NFC championship game so many times that at some point you just want to get over that hump. And Adrian Amos said it, you know, like they, you don't get these kinds of opportunities to be the number one seed to host playoff games at home. And it's definitely something that they're emphasizing in the locker room where you, they will do everything in their power to not let it slip through their fingers twice. And I know, you know, they didn't want it to slip through their fingers the first time either. It's not like they rolled over or they didn't plan as best they should, but the guys aren't taking for granted what this opportunity will mean. Yep. And let's just hope no Tom Brady. Just <laughs> someone knock him out before he gets up there. We have a number of different games to watch this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. It is the last week of the NFL season. I don't even know how that happened. I know. It went by a little too quick. Way too quickly. This season is just too short, and the offseason is too long. I want football always. Um, But we've got two games on Saturday. Uh, Both are division matchups so that's fun um starting the early slate chiefs are headed to the broncos and the cowboys are headed to philadelphia to play the eagles yeah i'm gonna take the easy ones i think i'm gonna take the chiefs and the cowboys the chiefs are still technically in contention for the number one seed right yes and i just don't really see the cowboys losing at this point knowing that there's seating at stake across the nfc yeah, I agree with you on the Chiefs. Um, I kind of want to take the Eagles just to shake things up. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles. All right. Yeah, they're home. Um, they're like big disruptors right now. I know that the Packers win gave them a playoff spot, but you never know. And I'm pretty sure everyone in that division hates the Cowboys. So let's be disruptors here. Um, Okay. Then we've got the full slate for Sunday um, starting with, wow, all of these look like division matchups starting with Washington going to the giants. Well, that's a bad game. I think I read somewhere that the giants haven't scored in like 25 or haven't scored a touchdown, like 25 possessions. So I'm going to take Washington there. I'm going to take Washington as well. Uh, feels like an easy pick, but also meaningless game for both. Um, the Bengals are playing the Browns. I did read that Joe Burrow is going to rest for the playoffs. I don't know if that means all the starters are going to rest or not, but um, I also know that Baker Mayfield is out for the season, so this feels like a toss-up. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Bengals. I just, the Browns are so beat up, and I think they're riding like a really bad low right now. Don't know what's going on with Kevin Stefanski's offense. Case Keenum's getting the start. So I'll take the Bengals, even with their backups. Um, I'm going to take the Browns just because I feel like Case Keenum will want to go in there and win the game just to prove himself for his own personal career. So I'm um, just going just gonna to pick the opposite of you, I think, today. All right, well, you're going to win anyway, probably, so we'll see. (laughs) Steelers, Ravens, another AFC North. Um, The Steelers have to win out in order to make it, right? Uh, Yeah, the Steelers need to win, and then they need a bunch of random stuff to happen. So I'm taking the Ravens for that reason. I think even if the Steelers win, it's just not going to be enough. And 
Honestly, the Browns had every reason to have won that game on Monday night and dropped it. Big Ben, I mean, it's a good thing for the Steelers that he's retiring. Yeah, bad. Just bad football. I would not have watched that without the Manning cast. Um, <laughs> is Lamar playing? He should be. I think okay, this was so the last week of Huntley, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Ravens then if Lamar's playing. Uh Packers Lions. Gonna put my money on the Packers, even if they rest their starters for half the game. Yeah, I think the Packers get a like 14 points out of Rodgers and company and then throw love in there. Yeah. Colts, Jaguars. That's an easy one. I'm gonna take the Colts. Colts. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bears head to the Vikings. Both are obviously out of playoff contention, but um I feel like Justin Fields mm. gets a win. Okay. I'm gonna take the Vikings just because Kirk might be back and, you know, we've got Dalvin and Justin Jefferson, but both teams likely having, I think almost confirmed at this point, having new head coaches next season. So a lot of shaking up potentially for the NFC North. Yeah. That'll be really interesting to watch. Um, Titans head to the Texans again, a a kind of a must win game for the Titans. And I think they probably pull this one out. Yeah, I think so too, especially, I don't think he'll play this week, but getting Derrick Henry back for the playoffs is going to be huge for them. Yeah, huge momentum booster. Um, Saints-Falcons, the Saints actually technically are in the hunt. Um, They need a win. I I don't know. I mean, I think Matt Ryan and the Falcons tend to play spoiler, but like, will the starters play in a meaningless game? Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints just because they'll have more to play for. But I think it'll be a kind of garbagey game. I agree with you. I'm going to take the Saints also. All right, the Seahawks head to Arizona. Again, a game that the Cardinals have to win in order to clinch their division. So I'm going to take them at home. Yeah, I just – the Seahawks are bad this year. <laughs> I, just, I just don't see them hanging with the Cardinals, especially in Arizona. I agree. Even though they put up a ton of points against the Lions, I, I don't put too much stock into that. Jets go to the Bills. It's a pretty easy win for the Bills. Agreed, Bills. Um, Panthers head to the Buccaneers. Again, I think a pretty easy win for the Buccaneers. Agreed again. Um, Pats head to Miami. Uh, This also matters for the Pats. And I can see um, after their beatdown against the Jaguars, them just (laughs) about the season, like with with that vibe going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, the Dolphins are out of playoff contention at this point, even though they did win their last like seven in a row. So it doesn't doesn't matter for them anymore. And I think that, you know, is kind of a defeating thing, especially with the Patriots being in the mix. Yeah, 100 percent. All right. So the last two games, I think, are the ones that matter the most. Right. You've got 49ers heading to the Rams. 49ers obviously needing to win to get into the playoffs. Rams needing to win to, I think, clinch the division. So who you got? Yeah, to me, it's the Rams. And, like, I, I think the Niners could be contenders. I think they'll sneak into the playoffs. But I just think the Rams know that the number, what would it be? I don't even know if it's two, three. I just know winning their division is going to be paramount for them um, moving forward. So I think it's the Rams, even though I think it'll be a really close game. I'm taking the Niners. Niners love to spoil the Rams. They've had their number for quite some time. Um, and I would love to see them upset the Rams at home. So, yeah, personally, I'm taking the Niners. Last one, no Monday Night Football this week. Um, just Sunday Night Football. 
Chargers, Raiders. This is the weird one where if both teams like tie, they both get in. So I have no idea if that is like contingent upon other things going on. Like if there are other wins or losses or if they would just prefer to So win. if the if the Jaguars beat the Colts, then they can tie and get in. Okay, that's not going to happen. So the Colts are going to win. Yeah. Um, so who then do you take to close out the AFC West? Chargers. Easy. Same. I mean, the Raiders have looked good in spurts. I just – I trust the Chargers more with a playoff push with Justin Herbert. Yeah, I agree. And I honestly – I think they deserve to be in the playoffs. They're just a better team. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so that does it. That is, uh, those are the game picks. It's week 18. It's done. The season's done. <laughs> so crazy. It went by so fast. Um, we will see who ends up the winner. Um, but we are all winners in our hearts because the Packers are the one seed. I think that's the perfect way to end it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening as always. Um, we will be back with our regularly scheduled programming next week, Monday, and recap episode dropping Friday. Thank you all, and go Paco. Go Paco. And Jones out in front. You're trying to chase him down.